Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. The scripture today comes from John 1, verses 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations that are received from all of our hearts, be accessible to you, Lord our God, and our Creator, by the power of the Holy Spirit, drive away the chaff, that the perils of behind might truly nourish we ask this in the peace and comfort of the Holy Gospel. Amen. I, uh, we have several students that you know are back in college. I mean, you're back in again. And our daughter Abby's in, and, and uh, your daughter's back in back east in school. And I mean, college isn't so. I I, uh, I I like the story about a young woman uh, that wanted to go to college, and so. She was reading the application of college and her heart just sank. Uh, Because on the application, there was a question that asked, are you a leader? Well, this young lady was honest and she was conscientious. And so she had to check no. Well, she expected the worst. But to her surprise, she received a letter from the college. And it said, Dear Applicant, after a study of the application forms, it reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative that they have at least one follower. (laughs) 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 Well, in our text this morning, the neighbor and, uh, you know, Philippus comes to Nathaniel and he proclaims that he has found the one that Moses was writing about. And his name is Jesus of Nazareth. You know, while we don't know 
what expression maybe Nathaniel had on his face when he responded. I think it's, it was safe to say it was a kind of a, a response, but it was, a, it was a kind of a cynical sneer. Because he said, well, you know, really? Jesus came from Nazareth. <laughs> Nazareth was kind of a podunk little town. He said, can anything really good come from Nazareth? And Philip said, well, wait a minute. I want you to come and see. You see, the church has the very same problem. The church is full of those who are really sure of themselves. And we may even get to the point where we believe very little about what we are told. And so we sit back under our own little fig trees, and we kind of had that sneer that Nathaniel had and said, well, you know, can anything really good come from that stuff community of faith church? Can anything really good come from the, the food pantry we have here or, or from harvesters? You know, can anything really good come from our, our small groups? And so people come in and out of the doors of this church, and any church, with a, a cynical eye. Skepticism is not a modern virtue. Doubting promises have been around since the very dawn of time. It is by nature we don't want to be led. We want to lead. But in the church, it is imperative that we have followers. In fact, it is imperative for all of us to be followers. Nathaniel, he learned this. He was skeptical at first, but then he was transformed. He became a follower because Philip invited him so let me, let me ask you, what was it that Philip saw in Christ that moved him to follow, that, that stirred him so much that he invited his friend Nathaniel come and see what? What did Philip see in that Jesus from that podunk town of Nazareth? You know, I want to I want to try to attend this morning. I want to try to answer that question. Come and see what. First, Philip asked Nathaniel to come and see the souls that were redeemed there. The day before Andrew followed Jesus and invited Peter, and then Philip he invited Nathaniel. And there were eight others who were going to become into Jesus' inner circle. There would actually be about 12 in all. And this was just the beginning. Soon there was 70. And the scriptures tell us that, that this comprised of an outer circle. The net of redemption that was cast out was even, was even large in those days. Hundreds were soon following. And, 
in the end of the century, there was a half a million. Today, souls are being redeemed in South America and Africa and Korea and all that. They had 10 times, 10 times the rate of North America. The church's work is not done yet. It's like, a, it's like a revolution. The church really is actually exploding. But it was Andrew. He's the one that made the first invitation to his brother. And Philip, who made the second to a friend. And they were watching as people began to place their lives in the hands of this Nazarene. And they listened as Jesus spoke to people in a way that has made them to understand their lives better than they understood them themselves. They had actually seen souls redeemed just as they had seen their own soul redeemed. So when Philip asked Nathaniel to come and see, he knew that Jesus would redeem Nathaniel as well. He said, come and see. That's all I ask. Just come and see. I know that every Christian here believes that God can redeem a soul. I know that and I believe that. So I ask you from this moment on, I'd like each and every one of you to live like Philip. I want you to go out, and I want you to ask somebody to come in and to see. Carol's having a Bible study coming up in Atlanta. Have them come and join us for the Bible study. Make it so full we have to go into the, into the center because there's so many people. Go and ask somebody to come and see. Invite them to come here for a worship service. <coughs> Invite them to a church activity. My goodness, we have a pancake feed coming up. We have Valentine's Day. We have all kinds of church activities. Invite them to come to one of our community dinners. You know, I like the story. It's more grown up with this, this warm weather. It's a thing of spring. <laughs> it's really a close spot. But it's, you know, it's, it's a thing of spring. And so I remember, I remember a story about, about uh, there was a couple of robins, you know, that were sitting up in a tree. And one robin said to the other, man, you know, that's been a long, cold winter. I'm really kind of hungry. And the other one said, yeah, me too. And he said, look, you know, it's springtime now. Let's fly down and let's get some lunch. And so they, they flew down to the ground and they found this nice, plot of, of plowed ground and it was just full of worms. Man, they hit the mother load. They ate and ate and ate and ate until they just couldn't eat anymore. They were stuffed. And the one, one robin said to the other, he said, you know, man, I, I don't think I can fly back up to the tree. I'm so full. And the other one said, well, I know how you feel. I, I don't think I can either. You know what? It's a beautiful morning. Let's just enjoy this sun that is shining. Let's just lay here and, and bask in this warm sun. And the other robin 
all oh, this is okay. You know, it's not me. Well, they flopped down, and there they were, they were basking in the sun. And no sooner had they fallen asleep than there's this big fat cat snuck up and just gobbled them up. And he sat there, you know, wiping his face off. And he's he like, man, I sure love Pastor Robbins. <laughs> 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 I know, that's a great Well, my point is, will we be the ones who have eaten so much of God's good food that we just sit back and move back? Or will we invite others? Will we go out of our way to say to people, hey, would you just come and see? You know, that's that's all I ask. Just just come and see, and you will learn that something good can come from Nazareth. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if each one of you, at least once a month, just once a month, invited another human being to just come and see? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be wonderful if come and see became a natural part of our life and relationship? Well, you know, second, Philip asked Nathaniel to come and see the lives transformed long before. I know you're going to probably recognize his name. It's Frederick Buchner. Uh, Frederick Buchner was a well-known, um, uh, he was a, a well-known um, Christian author. He was a, a Presbyterian minister. But as a young man, he was in the army. It was in the dead, dead of winter. And there he is, he, he's out in, the, in these fatigues, and, and he's somewhere near uh, Aniston, Alabama. And of course, they were, they were eating their supper out of a mess kit. I know you with the military can, can appreciate that. The infantry battalion he was in was been signed and was on a bivouac, and, and it was a cold, drizzly, rainy day. Everything around him was mud. The sun had, had gone down, and, and he was still hungry. He, he finished up what he had in his mess kit, you know, and he, he was still hungry. And he looked over and he noticed there was a man there that has, had something left over that he wasn't going to eat. And man, Booker was hungry. And, and, and he said, May I have that? And, and God, I don't care. And so he tossed it over to, to Bookner, but Bookner missed it, when, and so it landed in the mud. But he was, Bookner was so hungry that he picked it up and he started to eat it anyway, mud and all. And just as he started to do that, he had one of those transforming moments. Some of you may have experienced it in your life, but he had a transforming moment. And he described it, he said, as I ate it, time deepened and it slowed down again. And with a lurch of the heart, he said that is still as was still as just as real as it was that day. He saw suddenly, almost as it was from beyond time altogether, that not only was that turnip good, but the mud was good too. And even in the drizzle 
and the cold, even the army that he had dreaded for months, everything was good. And so he concluded, he said, here I am sitting here in this Alabama winter with my mouth full of a cold turnip and mud, I could see at least for a moment how if you ever truly look in the heart, you see the ultimate goodness and joy of things even in the bleakest of your times. The need to praise someone or something for it would be so great that you might even have to go out and speak of it to the birds in the air. Philip had this same moment. A moment I like to call the muddy turnip moment. A moment when Jesus transformed him. A moment where joy flooded into his world and made him want to go back out and speak to someone. And he found Nathaniel. But you can understand Nathaniel's skepticism. Look at what Philip is asking him to believe. And he tells him, I have found the one, the one that Moses was writing about and all the things that we've read and all the law. He is the one that the prophets foretold. And this sounds a little bit too fantastic for Nathaniel. I mean, you can't fault Nathaniel. Jesus doesn't. He recognizes his doubts, and so it kind of helps him along and how now Nathaniel is transformed. Jesus said, I saw you while you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. And now Jesus has his attention. Nathaniel is shaking in his sandals. And he says, Rabbi, that is a hormone. He says, here Nathaniel has this mighty turn moment. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. But that wasn't the only moment. For there were more to come. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the tree? Well, you're going to see greater things than that. Jesus was saying, come and see, Nathaniel. That's all I ask. Just come and see. And you will learn that something good can come from Nazareth. And the third thing Philip asked Nathaniel to come and see, he said, come and see the heavens open. Come and see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Those are the words of Jesus to Nathaniel. And he and the other 11 disciples, they spent the next three years together they were ministering with their master. They all saw the heavens being opened. When Jesus was baptized, they saw the heavens open. When Jesus was transfigured, they saw the heavens opened again. When he fed the 5,000 and the 4,000, they saw the heavens open and the spread of that, of that bread. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, from the grave, they saw the heavens open and bring life to a dead man's bones. And when Jesus died, the heavens closed. They grew silent. But the stone, remember the stone 
the heavens opened again and the stone was rolled away. And when Jesus stood before the disciples behind the locked door, again, they saw the heavens open and they saw the Lord and were redeemed that day. He redeemed you, he redeemed me, and he will redeem all those that we invite to come and see. Well, I want to close this morning with a story of a man who had two umbrellas. Dr. Gordon Tigerson was a Baptist pastor in Worcester, Massachusetts. And he was crossing the Atlantic by ship some years ago, and he noticed on several occasions that there was a, a dark-skinned man that was sitting uh, in, a, in a deck chair, and he, kept, he was reading his Bible. And so one day, Dr. Tarkerson, he sat down beside him and he said, uh, you know, I hate to bother you, uh, you know, but I, I'm just, I noticed that, that, you, uh, that you're faithfully uh, reading your Bible. He said, I, I'm a Baptist minister. And I'm like, look at you. Well, after the, after the introductions, uh, this, this Dr. Kim Mansell, he said, I'm Filipino, and I was raised in a, in a good Catholic home. And uh, he said, I went to the United States because I, I was a young man and I wanted to study in one of your fine universities. And my intent was becoming a lawyer. And on the first day of, of on the first day of, I was on the campus, he said there was a student dropped by to visit me. And he welcomed me and, and he offered to help me in any way that, that he could. And then he asked me, he said, well, where do you go to church? And I, I said, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. And he explained, well, you know, Catholic church uh, is, is, quite a, is quite a distance away. So he sat down and, and he, he drew a map. And he, he said, well, I thank you. And, and he left. But he said on the, on the following Sunday morning, it was raining. And he said, well, you know, I just decided to skip church. But then there was, a, there was a knock on my door, and there stood my new friend, and he was holding two umbrellas. And he said, well, he said he was worried that I might not be able to read his map, so he, he said, well, I'll just escort you to the, to the Catholic Church. And so I, I hurriedly got dressed and thinking all the while, this was an unusually thoughtful person, so I wondered what church he belonged to. And he said, as we walked along, I asked him about his church. He said, well, at least my church is just right around the corner. So I suggested, well, why don't we go to your church this morning, so you don't walk in the rain, and then we'll go to my church next Sunday. And he agreed. But somehow I felt so much at home in his church that I never got around to finding mine. After four years, he said, I, I, I felt that God was leading me into ordained ministry rather than into law. And so he went to Drew University Seminary and was ordained as a, as a Methodist minister. He later returned to the Philippines and served in the Methodist parish, and his name was Valencias, and he was Bishop Valencias. And he was Bishop of the Methodist Church in the Philippines. But see, my point is, the Hebrew here is bishop as important as he is the hero is that
that anonymous person, that young man had two umbrellas. And so whether they ended up at the Methodist church or the Catholic church, it doesn't really matter. Go all the way back to the beginning of Christian history, and you will always find him. He's behind almost every Christian convert. It's that unmanned, unnamed man and woman that brought two umbrellas. That person with a winsome faith who builds a bridge of friendship with another person. And across that bridge walks the living Christ and claims another eternal soul. As I look out, not all you, you can be that person. You can be that person with two umbrellas. You can be just like Philip. So come and see us on my hands. Just come and see, and you will learn that something good can come to pass for you. Amen. Well, Heavenly Father, I, I know that as we sang our opening hymn this morning, our opening hymn, who is it, Lord? Is it I? Have you called me, Lord? And that, that song and the lyrics just resonate in, in my heart and my, my mind. And I pray that it resonates in all of our hearts. Is it me, Lord? Are you calling me? Then I'm going to get up and I'm going to do as you ask and I'm going to care about others to know you. And I pray that that song resonates in your mind for all of you.